This is the 420 episode. This is the 420 episode. Can we start this off like an old Lil Wayne song? Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of... Sam and Kyle, see what's up. I almost forgot the damn name of the show. I that did. Kyle. I had a bit of a panic attack right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being put on the spot, is there? So uh, this is the episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, where me and my buddy Kyle, who is, what, what are you, 23? I am. So I get a 23-year-old's perspective on the world, and my perspective on the world, because even though the show is about business and mindset and all that stuff, um, I think it is just as important that we, uh, we have some dialogue on some of the stuff that's going on in the uh, in the world in itself. What day will it be when this show airs, Kyle? Uh, just it's the 20th of the April, 20th right? Of April. The, the four, fourth month? The 420. 420. So for all of you guys out there enjoying the 420 holiday, we salute you. Um, we do not partake while we're at work, though. So, uh, Kyle, we, we did talk about it, but no, I, I don't think that would be a good idea to do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, actually, uh, actually on 420, but happy 420 day to you guys. So what we do in the premise of the show is uh, Kyle runs around the internet during a week and he scoops up three or four news articles and uh, we discuss them. So the first three are kind of more serious news articles and the fourth one is uh, explain the fourth segment kyle uh, super cool or shut up fool it's it's a lot more lighthearted. the very unserious news we just we talk about it they're, they're things that are kind of fun to end on and they don't make you feel sad <laughs> we decide if it's cool or not <laughs> exactly all right so um other than that how was your week man you had a, you had a good weekend we're, we just uh we record these on mondays so we just just coming back in the office it's first thing in the morning after uh, after Easter weekend, did you get uh, did you get as many eggs and stuff? You you still get Easter eggs at twenty three. You don't get them at uh, you don't get them at forty one. Like you don't. Like there's no Easter eggs at my house. That's really sad, Sam. No, I did not get any Easter eggs. I my family went out of town and I stayed here because I'm tired. I tell you what happened to me on. Uh, um, I think it was it was Saturday morning. Um, I was uh, I was laying on the couch watching Liverpool and Man City which, uh, you know, I'm super organized about my time. Everything's on a schedule. Everything's on a calendar. And yet when Liverpool make the FA Cup semi-final against Manchester City, that tends to go to the top of the calendar. And so I get a knock at my door and I'm like, fuck, man. It's Saturday morning, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm in shorts, T-shirt, coffee, watching soccer. I'm like, ah, oh, go away. And uh, I can see this person standing on my doorstep through, because I've got this, like, fucked up glass that you can see through, but it distorts everything so i could see there's somebody out there I'm like oh saturday morning somebody's trying to sell me some shit and i could see two packets in this person's hand and they look like cookies i'm like oh i don't want to deal with the fucking cookie woman um trying to sell me some shit so i reluctantly go open the door and i had the best fucking surprise of 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 it just made me smile so big i almost cried man um so i got a new neighbor and her name is Ethel, and she's 89 years old, and she moved to College Station to be closer to her daughters, and you know she didn't want to go into a facility and shit, so they they leased her a house on my street, um, 
and my street's like predominantly college kids or working you know, working professionals um, th there's not really any old people or anything and I'm a fairly quiet dude you know so I, I know I know the people either side of me but I, I tend to keep myself myself well this lady she tells me you know I've seen you coming and going I've seen the boys so I bought some I bought some Easter candy for the boys and well you know I just moved here and she goes off to it and she's like yeah I just don't have any friends and I thought well I'll just go and make some and I was like well damn it was the best feeling ever so now I've got an 89 year old neighbor Ethel who I gotta go and uh, be friends with and look out for so top tip when I talk about the things you want uh, on the other side of the things you don't want to do and I often think about how nice it would be to live in a neighborhood like the Truman Show where everybody's waving at you and hey good morning hey good morning Ethel how are you like I never once went to the store and bought a fuckload of candy and went and knocked on everyone's door and went hello I'm Sam you know I never once did that and yet she's creating the exact environment that she wants for herself to live in by taking that time and doing hard shit knocking on people's doors and going uh, hello I live across the street here's some candy for your kids can I be your friend that's a pretty difficult thing to do now granted it gets easy when when you're an 89 year old woman oh yeah you, it's incredibly hard to turn down an 89 year old woman when she offers you candy <laughs> now now Kyle that's what that's what got you in trouble with the church in the first place <laughs> she could whip that van <laughs> dude didn't you used to work in an old people's home yeah I bet you got all the candy, didn't you? Uh, no, but they did say a lot of out-of-pocket, slightly dementia things to me. Come here, little man. Exactly. <laughs> and... Uh. <laughs> what was the worst thing you... Were you ever... Were you ever abused in the nursing home, Kyle? Were you, like, because... No. I, I, know, I, I know how old ladies get. Uh, surprisingly, it wasn't the old ladies. It was the uh, other caretakers. No shit. Like, the... the 35 to 55 year old women that I worked with were very very touchy with the 20 year old boy that worked with them Ooh. I didn't like that uh -uh. Um, then there was also this old lady that called me over one day and said that uh, she's noticed that my member has progressed I had been working there for a couple months I think she was suffering from an episode but Compliment on yeah, yeah. I, I got a I got a I got a dick compliment from an eighty year old that was weird. I hey that be, uh, that beats my high I was, school. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was well, I was wearing scrubs. I don't know what she was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, aside from that and all those dodgy memories, uh, yeah, if you want a fucking life surrounded with neighbors that you know and live in a neighborhood full of people that are gonna look out for you. Um, you got to do the hard stuff. Go knock on some doors, introduce yourself. And I'm ashamed now that 89-year-old Ethel could do it so effortlessly, and I haven't done it yet the time I've been living there. So now I'm thinking, Shit. Yeah, 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 but, like, think about it. What? If you had knocked on your door in the middle of your soccer match and said, hey, I'm your new neighbor, here's some candy for your kids, do you want to be friends? No, but I would have been like, <laughs> been like get you. the fuck off my porch no, but I and never like, want to see you again. I'd be like, knock, knock, hello. Yeah, I'm Sam. I live next door. I actually noticed that you like beer. Well, I like beer too. And you're watching soccer and you've got room on that couch. Move up, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, no, I wouldn't. I'm not going to see this. You, you, you cannot say I've seen your kids and here's some candy. <laughs> no, like you have to be an 89-year-old woman. 89-year-old woman to do that. But 
you know, she'd fixed her hair and done her makeup and was wearing a, a dress like she's going to church. Did she have that standard old lady cut that was like a bit of an inverted did. bowl? <laughs> oh my god, she's just so lovely, and it, it really made my day because I had a I had a quite um, quite emotional weekend again. Um, tired of these emotions, but uh, we're still putting putting Bill's ghost to rest and like taking care of all that family stuff we went and cleaned out his apartment this weekend which wasn't a whole bunch of fun and people are so weird when it comes to money like money and death I'm like ooh that's weird we've got we've got family members we didn't know existed coming out of the woodwork trying to get the share of the estate it's like, yeah like, like this I'm I'm entitled to this why the, 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 the thing is um, the, the real heartbreaking thing is you know it, over the last few years he had known that eventually he was going to die so he gave a lot of things away uh, intentionally and um, he lived very much through love and through what can I do for you how can I help you he didn't have a lot of material possessions so actually um, I'm gonna have to pay a significant amount out of pocket to close the estate and get his remains back from the funeral home and all that other stuff so all the other relatives are like oh well, you want some of the estate by all means it's a it's a, an estate that's uh, in debt so would you like to help out and they, they kind of wilt away very quickly but no it was uh ethel popping over made my weekend man so now i'm gonna have to like get some cups of tea and uh, go and introduce myself to the rest of my neighbors and maybe we can have a little neighborhood like the truman show uh-huh. minus the cameras and the lights falling out of the sky all right what's on the agenda for the show today kyle what topics are we going to discuss mate well in true 420 fashion the first one we have on the list from ap news is uh, magic mush- mushrooms for therapy vets help sway conservatives Man, you ever tried magic mushrooms, Kyle? Yes. Did they did they do anything for you? Yeah. Okay. Um talk if you I don't know enough about this to make sensible observations. I can tell you about the times I've taken mushrooms. I can tell you about what I know about them. Um you know, magic mushrooms would grow on the playing field when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I never tried them because I was one of the good kids and I wasn't going to do any of that. But there were some kids that um, would run out there and, and pick them fresh out of the ground and eat them mm-hmm. and just trip balls in high school. Now, they, they put down, they mowed and they put down weed killer and stuff, but like every spring. You can, sure, put, down, you can put fungicides down. Yeah, you can put fungicides in the but, food. Well, they had what, um, I don't know what the, the, the technical name for them is, but they had fairy rings. They had circles that these mushrooms would grow in. You could see them as like physical rings that were were, were more fertile or what than, than the rest of it. But they would grow on our school playing field, and the school would try to keep them down. And I never did them. You know that the ring is not the 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 plant is that whole ring. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. See? So like the whole mushroom colony is that ring. The fruits, ah. the sprouting bodies grow on the outside. That's why they grow in circles. There you go. That's why they call them fairy rings. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. I I didn't know that, but. I do know um, from my friend uh, Gary Roberts and from Zach Babcock, both of whom I've interviewed on the show, um, I do know that both uh, psychedelics, and man-made and natural psychedelics, in microdoses are being used extensively now in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for that. The licensing to do the testing um, is, is still very, very restricted. It's not... Uh, there's not many states you can do it in. There might be one or two. What does the article say here? It's from AP. So, They're talking about Oregon in this one. Okay. And I know Oregon 
maybe California are the two that are the furthest along in the whole legalization and decriminalization of every. Because it's not so much everything. a psychedelic trip that they're looking for. Mm -mm. It's they're looking for the therapy. It, it more rewires the the neural pathways. It quite literally brain. does. Well, that's you know, like when I stopped drinking, I think if I hadn't had somewhat relatively easy access to, to cannabis, I would have gone back to drinking. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that it had helped me to stay sober. And when I smoke, my it, it's almost as though I can, I can see things in a, uh, in, go from a two-dimensional thing to a three-dimensional thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it almost, you can feel it opening up other areas of thought and other patterns within your mind. And I wonder if it's the same for psychedelics, because there's been a lot of research done on microdosing, which isn't the same as getting high and seeing things. Right. It's... It's taking one twentieth of a dose every two days with a third day off. But, you know, I can't remember who said it, so I'm not going to butcher a quote, but it's someone in the annals of medical history... And I mean way back, like Greek, like Hippocratic Oath style, way back. And they said all the medicine you need, again, totally butchering the quote, but all the medicine you need is in your food. Uh, it's, it's what you take in, it's what you, what you consume will give you all the medicine you need to live a healthy life. That's reasonably profound for the Greeks. Mm, it, it, it dates back from, you know, I'll say it was Aristotle or Plato or some shit, I don't know who it was. Um, Doctorino, whatever the first Doctor Greek was, I've no idea, um, and I don't have time to find the quote during a, a live recording. But <clears throat> they were very adamant that all the medicine you needed was available um, from, from from the fruits of the earth. And if you look at where our like painkillers and everything comes from, a lot of it is still rooted in plants, mm -hmm. even though it's passed through. The, uh, the the machine that has become big pharma before it gets to the consumer, a lot of it's still rooted in plants, and I think that maybe part of why we don't have open access to plant-based medicine is because of the hold that the pharmaceutical industry now has on the regulation regulatory bodies. Do do you think that's do you think that's something that one hundred percent. Yeah, 100% the reason we don't have more research because like, into these medicines is because the people with all the money and making the laws have said, sorry, these are bad for you. You can't disregard the fact that we've made the exact same chemical right, in so a lab, and this one's good for you. This one that comes from the earth is bad for you. I think we need to, as a country, I think we need to be much more aware of the fact that there are foods and there are fungi and there are plants that we can grow that we should be putting into our bodies on a semi-regular basis. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not all about, and, and, and I'll tell you, I've, I've tried mushrooms twice, both with the intention of trying to, trying to take a trip and discover some things, um, and, and more internal things about you know karma and how the universe works, and both times, um, unfortunately for me, nothing has happened. And apparently, I've I've tried a dose large enough to make a donkey trip, and nothing's happened. So maybe I just don't have those those receptors. 
I've never tried anything else. I've never tried LSD. I've never tried uh, DMT. Never. I, I would love, love, love to do uh, an expedition out to a shaman and spend two days doing the, the whole religious experience of DMT. And, but uh, you're talking about the little ay ayahuasca tea? Ayahuasca tea, yeah. Um, I would love to do that. That needs to be like a, you know, it's, it's a full weekend you, you plan. You go to mm -hmm. a, a shaman, you go to a controlled environment, and, and you see that kind of stuff. Um, Mike Tyson talks very, very openly about how DMT uh, changed, his, changed his entire worldview. Uh, so I do think that there's, and, and again, DMT comes from mashing up plant roots uh, <laughs> and making ayahuasca out of it. So um, I think there's there's a lot of space in the marketplace for this type of research and for people to grow their own. It, it, it's still illegal for me to grow specific types of plants. Mm -hmm. And it's illegal for you to have a cow that shit in a yard and grew mushrooms mm -hmm. and that shit. Yeah. Because, I, like, like if the DEA showed up on, like, I won't say where I find my mushrooms, but if the DEA showed up to that man's property mm -hmm. and was like, hey, let's go inspect your, like, he'd be taken to federal prison for a very long time simply because his cows are pooping out fungus. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, like, imagine that. So, as we move towards making a better country and building a better future, I, for one, would love to see more research into this kind of stuff. And the, there is no profit in curing people. And I think the problem with the healthcare industry as a whole is it is run for profit. And you cannot profit off, a sick, off of healthy individuals. You can only profit from sick people. And so when a little bit of weed or a little bit of mushrooms might help in the right doses, I think this is being intentionally suppressed so people will choose a, a, a pharmacological product is that the right word i don't know they'll choose something they can pay for and swallow in a pill mm -hmm. rather than you know you know the other thing about growing your own medicine let's say you grow your own weed you grow your own mushrooms if you're doing that the chances are you're going to be growing your own potatoes and your own mm -hmm. carrots and your own beans and your own corn and you have your own garden you're outside more, you're healthier, you're taking in more fresh air, you're getting more sunshine, you're getting more vitamin D, you're living a happier life. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, hold on. It sounds like hold you just on. solved a whole lot of problems that we face as individuals every single day. Yeah, maybe it's because we don't have any time talking to plants, helping vegetables to grow, being out in the sunshine, cultivating a yard. whatever the opposite of a green thumb is. I cannot keep plants alive to save my life. Mm-hmm. There's still something about interacting with when I'm like, oh, I can do this. I'm going to try again. There's a great there's, joy. There's a joy you yes. get from watering your plant. Yes. And, and like, oh, I'll rotate you 30 degrees today because you look like your leaves are a bit bigger on this side. I'll make sure you get a little more, more sun. There's just a certain joy you get from caring for your plants mm -hmm. that you can't get literally anywhere else. I, I have some in my front yard. And, and what I do is um, I got a big uh, water bottle. And every time I come home. I walk past it, 
and I pick it up off the wall and I water all my plants and then I go refill it and set it back out so that every time I come home, I never walk past the, the bottle and go, oh, I don't want to mess with it. It's always full. So I, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, a, come here, little plants. Gotta get your drink. Yeah, because I mean, you can have sprinklers and stuff, but like those little plants, um, I don't want they, that. Nah, they gotta, they gotta be watered uh, by hand. But I, I like that. And I think that, um, I think that going back to the article, I think that especially um, with PTSD, um, as is being talked about in the article, we have like absolutely fucking crippled a generation um, of capable young men by sending them to war and then expecting them to be normal when yeah. they get home. They got uh, home, we threw our hands up and said, oops. Yeah, so I think... That, that was a waste. I think that the more research and the more funding that we can put into this... And, dude, I would love to see nothing more than almost decentralized medicine. Like, why the fuck aren't we crowdsourcing medicine and, and sharing everything At this point, we, we should be. That bothered me about that pandemic. What really, really, really bothered me was the way that all these companies kept the proprietary data. Exactly. If it was really a threatening pandemic, why not just crowdsource it? Why not share everything we've got with everybody that's got any semblance of intelligence? And the thing is, how many of our tax dollars did Pfizer and Moderna and all of them. Johnson and Johnson? Was that the third one? I mean, how much did they get? And then all of that knowledge gets to stay inside I mean, their think, little doors? You Are you rub, kidding? They're rubbing it in our faces. They should like, be. They should be. That's highway robbery. We hey, paid them to do research and then let yeah. them keep it. And let them keep it. And let them sell the vaccine back to us at thousands of percent. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, if, if I wanted to, to just be a dick and show everybody I was a dick without being a dick, I would name my company Johnson & Johnson. Because all they're doing is fucking you all with two big dicks. Alright. I feel What's like if you question? call it a Johnson, it's not very big, but. That's true, man. Who, who even names their penises these days, man? Mine's name's Robert. <laughs> His name is what? Robert. Robert. So whenever it's cold, I can call him Rob. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next eye? So... <laughs> we have a pool, huh? <laughs> Weenie Shrinkle. <laughs> Get out of here. What's the next article? Um, get to work. So, uh, Texas halts truck inspections that caused a border gridlock. Also from AP News. I Did you hear about this? this. Yeah. I hadn't heard about this until, like, this weekend, really. Um, yeah, so he wanted people to... Basically, right, if anybody's got more wheels than Greg Abbott, he gets jealous and he makes shit difficult. <laughs> All right, so now I'm on a, a list. Good God. list. Like, I, you know what? He required all That's commercial okay. trucks from Mexico to undergo extra inspections to curb the flow of migrants and drugs. And I get it. I do. How do you solve that problem? I mean, like, service level, the logic makes sense. It's like, Logically, hey, yeah. hey, there's a fuck ton of drugs and immigrants coming into this country undocumented and we can't allow this. Where are they coming from? Well, there's all these giant 52-foot containers that yeah. keep crossing our border. That's probably where they're coming Poor in. People. Except that's not at all yeah. where it's coming in. So all it did was cause a backup. It, it's funny, you know, because like, I'm, I'm an immigrant, obviously. Um, but I think of Texas as home. Um, and it, 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 the, the really weird thing is I don't really think of myself as American 
at all. And yes, I'm English, but I don't really think of myself as English really anymore. I, I've been here over 20 years. I, I think I'm a Texan. Mm -hmm. like, that's how I think now. That's how I behave. It's how I act. It's where I'm at on gun control. It's like I feel like a Texan. I own more of Texas than I own of England. I employ more Texans than I employ English people. I don't employ any English people. But the, the point is, like, I came here legally. I think immigration is one of the greatest gifts that this fucking country has been able to give the world. And so I'm very pro-immigration, but I'm very pro-legal immigration, man. When you look at the amount of people coming and the amount of stress it places on the infrastructure and, and God, everything, everything, like, you know, not all illegal immigrant immigrants are criminals. No. The majority of them are normal people that just want a better life. Yeah, like, I mean, like 95% of all people, but they're does, good people. Does illegal immigration go hand in hand with increased crime rates? Of course it does. It has to. It has to. I mean, I've been to Laredo. Mm -hmm. It's not a place I want to stay. I like I liked Laredo. I liked it. It was I, fun. I, but I also watched a rocket get fired across the border and said, mm, maybe I don't want to stay here longer than this baseball tournament, Dad. I did not watch that. <laughs> I stayed at, I stayed at, um, I was there for quite a while doing some legal work. And I stayed at a hotel in old downtown by the courthouse. Yeah. Spanish is the first language there. Oh, like, seriously, like, you get period. you get within 100 miles of the radio, and all of a sudden your radio goes, and starts playing the end of that uh, No One Knows by the Stone Temple Pilots or whoever plays that song. I got nothing. Um, but this guy, you know, it's, it's back to how do we, like, actively police the, the, the international borders? I have no idea, truthfully. Oh. I feel like we've been struggling this with open, this for as long as I've been alive. Dude, open borders does not work. Um... See, look. isn't that what the EU had? Yes, you have to look at the failed experiment of the European Union and see what's happened to the British economy. Because Britain... Well, they're being, not part of the EU anymore. That's probably a good move. Um, open borders and the ability for people to migrate at will, what that led to was people in Poland going, well, shit, I'm peeling potatoes in Poland for a dollar a day. I can drag my ass to Great Britain... And I can peel potatoes for $50 a day. Well, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you leave well, Because Poland? the cost of living is $60 a day it's in not the UK. The, it's not. It's see, not? See, what they do is, I'm a I'm an immigrant, right? And I'm right. broke. So it's nothing for me to live in a house with 15 other people. Like That's true. Hey, that's Kyle. Me and Kyle share a bed. Kyle's on the night shift. I'm on the day shift. It's a hot bunk. We change our sheets. Kyle comes in. Kyle gets out, I get in, like, shit, if we if we get this right, we can have three guys sharing a bed, uh, we can have five beds to a room, and we can have 15 beds in this house, and all of a sudden you've got 30 or 40 immigrants living out of the same, because they don't... The money's worth it. it. They don't aspire to, like, to, to, to what... They don't aspire to own their own home in England... They're there to make the money and sending it all back to where they live. Mm -hmm. They're sending it back to their families. They're building a better life for their families, and then they dip out and they go back over there. But what that does is it takes away those manual labor jobs and those lower-skilled jobs from the, the, the working classes in Britain. Yeah, the people that were already there working them. Well, 
the funny thing is people will only go to work if they have to go to work and so the British government in its infinite wisdom decided to, to you know, pay people to sit at home and be on the dole and you can make enough in unemployment and you can make enough in housing vouchers to where you don't have to go to work and so what it's done is the is Im- real estate there extremely expensive too yeah yeah it is yeah yeah okay uh, it's making less and less sense there's a there's a bottom rung where like man basically they, they just breed and the women are paid to stay home and raise kids and it's very very difficult to escape that poverty trap because you look and the government will pay you I don't know the numbers, but let's say, um, let's say you can make three hundred pounds a week at a job. It's no, not, I, I don't know. I haven't lived in England twenty plus years, but let's say you make three hundred pounds a week in your pocket at a job, where the government's paying you two hundred and twenty pounds a week plus housing credit because you've got three kids. Well, by the time you go to work, what are you going to do with the three kids? Well, they got to go to daycare. Well, I got to pay for that now. And you get caught. My my little sister was caught in it for a long time, and uh, you know she has her own business and she's she's out of it now. But you get caught in this spiral of well, um, I can work fifty hours a week, not see my kids, grind my ass off, and net an extra fifty pounds, or I can stay home, be with my kids, watch TV, eat shitty food, do nothing, and make fifty pounds less. But I get to be with my kids all day, and I don't have to get up, and I can do whatever I want, and. They spend their money on cigarettes and weed. And like, there's an entire fucking class like that now. No, like, I hate not doing things. Like, I hate sick days because I feel useless. That sounds kind of lit. But we're getting... Because, like, I feel like you can, you know, you go work and do whatever you want to make an extra 50 pounds a week. Yeah. And then... Well, the real trick is to claim it and then work on the side and put cash in your pocket in but... Not that I would know anyone unscrupulous. I, yeah, no, I don't know anybody that would do that. Everybody does it. It's the system's broken, but yeah, that's why so many people, like in the lower classes, especially in Britain, have a little side hustle going on that's all cash, is because they get benefit payments that pay their rent and that pay their hmm. little bits and pieces, and then everything else is side hustle cash, untraceable, doesn't go through the checking account, and they create a whole black economy. So it's what do you do? Like I, what do you do about unchecked immigration? Like, I gotta, fuck, I gotta sympathize with Abbott because, like, man, how do you stop it? Texas is inundated. And it's not fucking Mexicans. It's not. Like, all the Mexicans that were gonna come here, most of them are here already. Like, there's, like, there's enough uh, family ties and relationship ties and all that other stuff for the Mexicans to come and go as they please. It's the other migrants from other countries that are coming through that southern border because of how weak it is and how unprotected and undefended it is and um, it's fucking huge I want everybody to have the opportunity of living in this country like I don't take it for granted I'm here um, because of the opportunities that it presented and because I was able to to capitalize on those and you know everybody should have that opportunity I live Mm -hmm. a very good life now and a lot of that is thanks to the opportunity I, I got in, in this country. And I think that should be open to everybody. Mm-hmm. And on that same note, there has to be a legal way for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And if that takes 10 years to process, then so be it. I mean, 
It took eight years for me to get all my shit straight. Eight years from coming in the country to being <clears throat> properly documented and full green card holder. Now, before then, it was visas, travel permits, visas, travel permits, go down and uh, speak to the immigration, renew another travel permit, renew another work permit. And that was the system and that was the process you had to go through. And I didn't skip that process. And it was a pain in the ass. But here I am now, after 20 years, like, no, I'm, I'm not a US citizen. I'm a lawful permanent resident. Um, and I'm moving towards citizenship. It wasn't, citizenship wasn't as important to me um, until recently when I started to get actively involved in, in giving and in politics. Um, and now citizenship has become a little bit more important. And again, I, I'm not going anywhere. Shit, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm always going to be, be here. hilarious so. to have a Texas politician with a British accent. Just so you... <laughs> like, you know, why not? Um, it, it, I wouldn't be the first. Um, and that is a that is a something I'm thinking about. Um, but you know, I have to be bulletproof when I go in. Well, <laughs> did you say this on a podcast? I'm like, absolutely, I said it. Yeah, I don't you know, know, probably. Yeah. Did you swear at this guy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does it does make it a very difficult road to walk because um, I re I repel people that don't like me and I attract people that do like mm -hmm. me. But like when you overhear, oh well, you didn't get that contract because you said this, and then you get, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. But then I'm like, well, no, because that's who I am. So if I had got that contract, I wouldn't have enjoyed doing the work. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I feel for Governor Abbott, man. That's a tricky problem. Um, and honestly, I I would lean towards back in his place. I think that um, stopping drugs coming across the border and stopping human trafficking is critical. And I think that we should be looking at the best ways to do it. Did he do it in the best way? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think the trucks were the issue. Maybe there's a better way to do it, but I am a fan of the fact that he is looking like he's trying to actively address the illegal immigration and the drugs. So I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that was the right way to go about it, but he's trying. <laughs> he's doing something. All right. And, and I, I can't fault him for doing something. I mean, if you would just, like, I don't know. I don't know. Just, just say, hey, you could grow your own plants instead of having to buy them from. Well, I think the that's another thing as well. You know, if 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 we just went ahead and legalized all the drugs, mm -hmm. what would happen to the drug trafficking industry? We legalized it and taxed it. I mean, we already know that you cannot hide. Yeah, the no, it, it would it would still exist if you taxed it. Well, our, our government is is in charge of all of the drugs. Like we know, you cannot efficiently traffic drugs without paying a percentage to the CIA. It just, you just can't do it. So why not just say, all right, this is how it's been working for the last thirty years. Um, sorry about that, and uh, let's make it legal and tax it. <laughs> you got nothing. Why is it hard? Um, man, I don't understand why that's such a difficult thing. Because it's it's money, dude. Follow the money. I, what was it? Uh, Chris Rock and, and Jackie Chan, or Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. It's always the rich white guy. <laughs> was it a rush hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason yeah. I know that is from a song lyric. Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. The song uh, is called Rush Hour. Oh, dude, you know how you say rush hour in Chinese? No. Wash hour. <laughs> is that a quote from the movie? That, I think so, yeah. 
<laughs> it's from it's from one movie. It's I, I don't remember. That's where it was from. All right, what's next on the fucking list, man? We've got a. Uh... Biden to require U.S. made steel and iron for the infrastructure bill. What? That that. Wait a minute. However, there's got to be a catch. That's what I'm saying. There there's, has to. There's there, no. There is. There is. Okay. I, I've already found <laughs> it. Right. I already found Wait, it. Don't, don't no listen, fucking don't, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I already no found way it. Biden's I already found it. Where, where was it? Like. Where, yeah, hold on. No, where where was it? There was a. There there were three caveats that were like it has to be yeah yeah. So the guidance includes three standards for these requirements to be waived if the purchase would be inconsistent with the public interest. And I'm doing air quotes because you can't see that. No, we could hear it in your voice. <laughs> if the needed materials aren't produced in sufficient and reasonably available quantities or of a satisfactory quality, or if the U.S. materials increase a project's cost by more than 25%. So it's guidance then, so it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, it's it's God. him saying you have to use U.S.-made stuff, and then saying just in you case... You have to use it if it's, unless you don't. There's Here's here's these, these two arbitrary things we can just say are wrong. Here's what bothers me. The Biden administration is taking a key step towards ensuring that federal dollars will support U.S. manufacturing, issuing requirements for how projects funded by the one trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure package do, do you know how much a trillion dollars is kyle it's a one followed by 12 zeros it's many 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 fucking dollars even more sense and i highly oh fuck man i hate the way this system works because all of that money is gonna pass through so many hands that probably 25% of it or less will actually make it to the infrastructure mm-hmm. project. I hate the way that these fucking bills are just signed into law with massive numbers on them and nobody is held accountable to the spending. I hate it. And the problem is it's a very, very, very big, very well run, very intentional machine that is designed to remove money from the taxpayers and enrich the pockets of the people that are involved in the decision making. That includes the politicians, that includes the contractors that are doing the fucking work. You know, speaking of the fucking contractors that are doing the work, who who on the College Station City Council has a kickback from the people doing road work here? Oh God. Are you kidding me? They, they're, they just ripped up the median on a Welburn Road. Do you know why? Because it's been there for two years and it's time for a new one, I guess. Man, so <laughs> we're in a growing town and a lot of our roads are growing, you know, two lanes, three lanes, turn lane, all this shit. And it's been really good. And then a few years ago, the city of College Station decided they were going to do away with turn lanes completely and fill them in with lovely, decorative, an absolutely fucking useless medians that only allows you to turn in specific areas. And then well, they're not entirely useless. They are useless. They're not. I once watched a tow truck pull on a pickup truck, and that pickup truck's front wheel fell off and rolled and hit the median, and because it hit the median, it jumped over a minivan. Wow. So, so yes, they do have a use. For, for deflecting errant wheels. <laughs> like, I just... I Aesthetically... You know, they look pretty good. Makes the town look like it's up and coming. You can tell a difference, and I mean no offense, but you can tell a difference when you drive through College Station or when you drive through, say, say Tyler or Henderson or any Minnesota. 
Have a soda. It's, no medians. You can tell a difference. I, for one, like the freedom to turn wherever the fuck I want into whichever particular driveway I'm trying to go to. I find medians highly inconvenient because of the amount of U-turns you have to do to get where you're trying to go. Um, they were so inconvenient, in fact, at the cigar lounge <laughs> that, you know, when you inconvenience like a retail outlet, that's one thing, but when you inconvenience a, a retail outlet that sells cigars to some of the most prominent political figures in the county and in the region, um, Dude. Is that where that light got put in right there? Number one, that's where the light got put in. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why we needed a fucking light right there, and it's because and it, it's across on the cigar lounge. And it's why, six months after those medians came in, they sent out a fucking road crew. They dug the whole median up next to the cigar lounge and put two turn lanes in there. <laughs> because it was, Oh, man, I gotta make friends with some politicians in this town. I could be like, I don't like this, make it go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do you think this works, man? That's exactly what they're doing in Washington, except they're saying, I don't like this, make this go away. Here's a trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure package. Figure out where to dip out and pull a little bit for yourself. And don't forget, in the famous words of Hunter Biden, 10% for the big guy. Who is the big guy? Oh, you haven't God? seen that? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, so right now, um, Hunter Biden's laptop is the biggest story that's not a story. And... Um, you know, you got to be careful because, like, so I don't know if you follow people on the internet, but Kim.com, the uh, the health and fitness enthusiast that is a, a beacon of how to stay in shape for people, has said that he has now confirmed and, and, and made sure all those bits are with, uh, with WikiLeaks. So it looks like... Um, WikiLeaks has got access now to Hunter Biden's laptop. A, a story that broke uh, a couple of years ago on the run-up to the election. It broke right before the election. It was completely uh, forced outside of mainstream media. No media outlets would, uh, would report it. It was banned from Twitter. It was banned from Facebook. And the New York Post was the only newspaper that ran it. And uh, finally now... Uh, I mean, they had like 51 defense intelligence experts sign off on it saying it was Russian disinformation. And finally now, um, using the uh, forensic email stuff that they use, it has been verified as 100% authentic. And so it could be the biggest bomb that's ever been dropped. Um, it's way bigger than Watergate. But there are, like, so so removing, removing all the photographs of what Hunter Biden did and, and all that other shit, there was access to his email and there was access to his text messages and to the Biden family text messages because they're all on the same fucking text plan. And in the recovered emails, I think there's 91 examples in those emails of Hunter setting up bribes for Joe. And they referred to him in the emails as the big guy. And this is this is happening in the, in the period uh, between 2008 and 2016 while Joe is the vice president. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's not happening like, I mean, who knows what's happening now, but all they're focused on is the, the, the kickbacks he took while he was the vice president. It's all tied into Bursama and Ukraine. And now Hunter Biden's company was funding the, uh, <clears throat> funding the biological lab laboratories in Ukraine. Like this is like the biggest shit show that's ever existed. And um, the mainstream media is paying it very 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 little attention 
um, because again the media is probably owned by the same people that have the interest in the Ukraine it just Sinclair dude it's all tied together man I'm, I'm not a fan I say Sinclair Sinclair I, I'm just not I'm not a fan Sinclair media I'm not a fan so yes I think that US made steel and iron for infrastructure being a requirement is a great thing yeah, I, I mean, think, it's, there's literally no downside to that. But I also think that this um, this mandate or whatever to requirement with all these loopholes, there's so many loopholes. Yeah, and the they're extremely vague. Like, so would be inconsistent with the public what's, interest. What's the I think point? the public interest is <clears throat> upgrade our infrastructure. If as long as you're doing yeah. that, it's consistent with public interest. The problem is there's people in politics that are there purely to have a career in politics and to enrich themselves. And until politics becomes made up of people that are there to serve the public good and to improve this fucking country for the kids and the grandkids of everybody that's coming after us, then it'll always be like this. It's, it's rules for, for thee and not for me. And unfortunately, you know, that happens at the local level too. It goes all the way up. It's very, very difficult to find people that will serve that will not have their fucking morals compromised for 20 or 30 or 50 grand i know firsthand that the price to sway political opinion and buy a local politician is under five figures and that shocks me <laughs> um, i figured it would be kind of higher than that i did too i because like, i'm like well what would you sell your integrity for and i'm like well my integrity is not for sale and then you start daydreaming about it I'm like, i don't know man you could put a be on that thing and have a billion what would I do oh, yeah. an extra an extra comma I, I don't know man I'm I'm at the point in life where I'd rather just have my integrity to be fair because like I financially I'm doing okay I'm not rich I'm not private jet rich but then again I, I'd rather now I'm almost at a point where I'm looking at what can I donate and how can I build the charity I want to build rather than Oh man, I can get my Rolex or I can get my Lamborghini. I, I figure a Rolex will come. I figure a Lamborghini will come. Yeah, but you got to rebuild the turbos in your Mustang. Man. That's true. Yeah, I got to rebuild that Cobra. Um, but the, the point is, like, I've got pretty much everything I dream about, mm -hmm. and I dream about making an impact and improving people's lives more than I dream about acquiring a bunch of shit. And some people dream about acquiring a bunch of money and ruining a bunch of people's lives. Right. And so how do you tap into that kind of person and move them into the political class and move the other guys out of it? And I, I don't know if there's an answer there. But It's like you just have to make it appealing this, for people that want to serve. This bill, this mandate, this requirement, it's just got no balls. It's just lip service. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem in politics is that, again, and I talk about this from my dealings with politicians. Um, Did you read the first, uh, I guess it's not the first paragraph, we're read the fifth paragraph. Fifth. Just word for word with what you just said. Uh, it's right below the... Uh, right below the ads? Yeah. From day one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the fifth paragraph is a quote uh, from, uh, from Biden. From day one, every action I've taken to rebuild our economy has been guided by one principle, made in america i don't believe that but anyway keep going move on biden said thursday in greensboro north carolina it takes a federal government that doesn't just give lip service to buying american but actually takes action 
Well, it's interesting that I, I, I said about that. So, the thing is... I think is, it's all lip service still. I, I think what we're going to see in the next few years is a massive fucking snap back against this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we are going to see a very, very hard swing to the right. Um, I think we're going to see nationalism start to take root. But not... I really here's hope the it's thing. the good form of nationalism well, where we all come together say we're American and we work yeah. together to make our country better and I it's think, not working together to destroy another country. Dude, I think national socialism is a wonderful idea. And then you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The last Some, people that said that weren't well, necessarily the greatest group of people. No, they took the idea of national socialism and used it to evil ends. <laughs> like, national socialism is something that I think... If, if you strip it down to its bare essentials and say, do we love our country? Yes. Do we want our country to be the strongest and best it can be? Yes. Okay. Do we want to take a percentage of our income as individuals and donate it to the country so that the country can educate people, can train people at, 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 at um, fucking vocational tasks so that the country can pay for healthcare, so that the country can pay for education? Well, yes, I, I would very much like to, to give a percentage of my income to making a better world and a better country. I like that. The thing is, I already give a percentage of so, my income to make my country better. Right, in taxes. So I'm a nationalist because I love my country. I'm a socialist because I believe that, fuck, man, I love capitalism. Yeah, I love being able to work harder and make more money. It, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. But you must have a socialist conscience, <laughs> and you must give... A percentage of all that great shit you make as a capitalist, you must give it back to the the people surrounding you in order to help them get better and help bring them up. And I, that's where I think we struggle. But when when you look at it on the surface and say, well, I'm I'm strong for for a, a socialist type policy that's rooted in capitalism, and I'm strong for national pride. I, I like nationalism. I like socialism. I'm like, oh fuck. Well, somebody hijacked national socialism to be the Nazi party, and mm-hmm. I I'm the furthest thing from from a Nazi that you could imagine. Yeah, so it, it gets yeah. Gets In fact, very... you're British. <laughs> so we had something to do with stopping those guys at one point, you know. But, I mean, I shouts out to you guys and that whole Battle of Britain thing. Yeah, you're that right. was kind of cool. What were you like? Fucking two years late. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we just showed in and took all the credit. Like, fuck it. We'll wait till all the work's done. Jesus Christ. You I'd know, love to sit in a Spitfire one day. Like, if I got to go to, like, the Royal Air dude, Museum, sitting way, in that Mark 9. The way, you won't get to sit in one, I don't think. That would be bucket list, bucket list. But the way those fucking things sound oh. wide open. Oh. So my You're pa- talking about the Merlin or the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Rolls. Yeah. My, 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 uh, my, there's a lot of aviation history in my family. Uh, my granddad was uh, um, a flight engineer on Halifax bombers in the RAF. Oh, that's fucking cool. And, um, you know... Halifax bombers are giant four-engine bombers. Like, think the B-17 or the B-29, but give it a Royal Air Force insignia rather than an American one for all of you who don't nerd out yeah. over World War II. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and give it a twin tail, like a like a P-38 <laughs> yeah. Lightning. Yeah. And they had... Uh, so they have a, a, a an old stately home near where I grew up, about four miles away. Uh, uh, they used it to record, like, you know, to, to do period dramas and uh, I think they did did one version of Pride and Prejudice there it's like a 17th century mansion 
Well, they have a bunch of concerts out there, and they do one called The Last Night of the Proms, where they get this famous Philharmonic Orchestra, and they do Spitfire flyovers. Really? Well, the run-up for the flyover was the valley that my parents lived on the edge of. <laughs> like, so we'd be there in the garden, you, you see and you hear, and they're coming in low, and it's just one, because like, getting, like, getting a bunch of them is different, difficult these days. I don't know how many of them exist anymore. But like they're coming in low and hard and fast, and you can just hear that engine screaming. You're like, yeah, all right. You seen it now. the movie Battle of Britain? Mm-mm. Uh, the in the movie Battle of Britain, the first scene is a Spitfire flying real low over the ground, um, and you can see, you can tell it's an, it's an actual like early Spit because it's got the float carburetor in it. Because you see him do a sharp nose down, and you mm-hmm. hear the engine cut, and you're like, <laughs> whoa, that's that's how you know like it's a it's an actual that's 1939 real. Warbird. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to me. It's too cool, man. So, it's yeah, we'll, so cool. We'll have to take you to the uh, Aviation Museum at Elvington. Uh, Love airplanes. That's where that's, they do a lot of tests and stuff at Elvington. That's mm-hmm. where Richard Hammond had his high-speed crash in the jet car. Oh, nice, nice, yeah, that, nice. That was before his high-speed crash in the, uh, in the electric car. The battery car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just practicing. Um, he does it a lot, doesn't he? But, no, um, honestly, I took my – last time I was home, maybe the time before me and my kid brother took uh, took my dad out to the air museum at elvington and just the look on his face he's just like a little kid looking at airplanes and shit but um yeah we got way 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 off the topic of this article um <laughs> yeah, we did i just think that we're gonna see a massive shift back towards buying an american made an american employing americans all that kind of stuff um i think we're gonna see a pushback away from outsourcing um, there's a there's a lot of guys in the entrepreneur community use outsourcers right now for for menial tasks, and the more I grow our business, um, the more I want it to be in house. The more mm-hmm. I want that additional expense. I want that crew member to feel a part of a team. Mm-hmm. And there's other ways. Like there's some some businesses you can you can use VAs and stuff. But I think we're going to see a massive swing back. Um, and I'm hoping that small business is the backbone that this whole thing's grown off of i'm hoping people push back against going to walmart once they see the damage that walmart has done to local and downtowns and that kind of stuff i think we're going to see people opting to spend money at the butchers and opting to spend money you know at the, the the shoe store and going back to a way of life where things are decentralized mm-hmm. i think the damage especially think you- in retail and in real estate and in downtowns and in our communities has come from scaling and outsourcing and the fact that walmart can scale over and above any shop in town mm-hmm. and can provide jobs at such a low wage that their employees have to be supported by government programs I think can't that, afford to find another job. I think that business model does not belong in our society. I think that is bad for society, mm-hmm. and I think it's very, very good for the few fortunate people that own Walmart shares or that were born into the Walmart dynasty. Um, I don't think that that model should be able to exist or coexist alongside um, a healthy fucking um, community. They, they literally gut communities uh, there's no jobs uh, local manufacturing goes away because there's they're not buying any local products 
And when you boil it all down, I think the way, because we're about to have the biggest fucking crash you've ever seen. Like, kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being on the other side of it. A little bit. Now, a little bit. This crash is going to be the biggest opportunity that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be just. We're gonna keep working. We're gonna make money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy left, my house. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna set myself up right. in my future family that doesn't exist yet for success. Exactly. Like I'm gonna do what I can now to be probably gonna keep wanking them all into tissues instead of your girlfriend. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, so I couldn't leave that alone. God, so I've seen under your desk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not gum stuck to the bottom. (laughs) Oh, that's fucked up. But yeah, man, I think that... (laughs) I think I need to remember what what the fuck we were talking about because I just laughed so hard at the the thought of the tissues under your desk. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. No wonder Remy won't come out from under there. We are best buds. But I think that the the crash is coming. Like, the writing's on the wall. Whether you want to admit it or not, even based on official government numbers, we're, we're verging on hyperinflation. So if you take the official numbers and realize that, well, officially, most of the time they're, they're manipulating the numbers to, to their advantage, we're probably stuck right in the middle of, of the worst hyperinflation since the end of the Second World War. So I think that the way out and the way forward is going to be a return to local it's going to be a return to small business. It's going to be neighbors helping neighbors to establish companies, to sell products, to do all of it. Mm-hmm. I think the way out of this recession is local and small business. So. Well, and like as weak and emasculating as it feels to say, like I've been doing a lot of that sim racing stuff and like those wheels mm-hmm. fight back hard. Like it's been chafing my hands. Like it's starting to rub skin off my thumbs. Oh, damn. So like I was like, fuck how do I avoid this? Start Googling. Turns out a lot of people that do it, they got they go and get gloves uh-huh. for it. And I was like, well, shit, what kind of gloves do I get? And they were like, well, just go find like cycling gloves that are full finger and you'll be fine. And I was like, well, okay, we'll just go to Amazon. Right? It's a perfect, convenient yeah. link right there. And then I went, no, wait, we have a bike barn. Let me go to the cycle shop. Yeah. Shop. I went down to the cycle shop and got myself a couple of really cool American flag yeah. looking racing gloves and they yeah. fit perfectly. I got to try them on in store. Like, like I, when I, when yeah, I, bought, I paid, I think, 10% more than I would have on Amazon. I could have bought my bike off Amazon. Yeah, exactly. And cool. I didn't. I could afford that extra 10%, so I went and shopped local. And right. Amazon, Bezos did not get my bucks. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guilty of using Amazon for shit that I don't know where to get. Mm-hmm. Like, um, my my old, my very old ass needed a, uh, I needed a pill container the other day. Uh, like, what are my choices to buy a pill container locally? Kroger. I see. I didn't even think of that. But like, exactly. It's Kroger. Like, There's a f- billion of them. Kroger, other Kroger's. Walmart, whatever. So yeah. I, got, I got it off Amazon because mm-hmm. it, it was at the, at the door the next day. Um, ink for my pens. I'll buy ink off Amazon because again, I don't, I don't really know where to get it locally. Office Depot doesn't carry it. And again, Office Depot is not a small local business. I don't think, and I, I don't think we have a lot of those local businesses no. that fill a lot of those niches that those big box stores do. It, it's because the big box stores mm-hmm. have, have crushed all that. And I think it's almost like you need somebody who's really into paper and pen mm-hmm. to come out and just open them. So like, I, I need a 60 year old man to go open a stationary shop so I can go in and get my cool fountain pens and you can go get your refillable ink. There you go. We can get our high quality stock to but I think that we're going I think that we're going to take a step backwards um, and I think it's going to be a very good step I don't think that um, 
I don't think that this whole globalism shit is is good for us. Um, you know, there's there's a side of the uh, the people in charge that want to push for globalism. Um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Well, because they're probably the ones that are in the position to gain everything if we go global. Listen, do not give up your fucking guns. Like, just don't. Like, you know, like look at Canada, look at Australia, look at Great Britain. Like. Don't give them up, guys. Don't. Uh, carve a gun out of a potato and hand it in if they ask you to turn your weapons in. Do not give up. Give Just up. tell them it's one of those fully semi-automatic AR-17s. I don't know about those. All right. They're not real. That's the thing. Fully semi-automatic is not a real thing. An AR-17 is a shotgun. Ah, see, we're way over on time, so we got one more article, and then uh, we best get out of here and get back to work. So this is the, the last segment of the show. Uh, tell us about the last segment, Kyle. A little bit more lighthearted, a little bit less conspiracy theory, and, and hate the government. Dude. Um, it's not even conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact at this point, and we're just talking about it, and I feel true. like a crazy theorist because I'm actually talking about it, and the thing is, like, you can look at it on your computer screen and go, nope, that adds up. Yeah. So, it's all there. anyways, right. so this one's called Super Cool and Shut Up Fool. Basically, uh, we decide if something is super cool or not super cool, and if it's not super cool, we get to play the Mr. T sound effect that was him saying shut up fool. We should buy, like, I, I keep meaning to, to do it, um... A roadcaster where we record these and you press the button. I got buttons. an ad for one yesterday. I almost sent it to you. Probably. Kyle and I have this thing. We'll talk about stuff and then, sure enough, uh, we'll see it in our Facebook feeds. And so we, we screenshot and send it, send each other the ads that we see. And it's it's bad. Like, um, You want a cat? Huh? Do you want a cat? A cat? Yeah. No. Uh, kitty litter, kitty litter, kitty litter, oh, Purina. You prick. <laughs> no, I'm going to get them too. I don't, I don't own a cat. Litter. Oh, my God. All right, then we'll, we'll screenshot that. Yeah, yeah, just follow Sam on Facebook. Follow the small business search on Instagram to see that screenshot. Well, I I did a consult the other day for did a guy you? for a guy that owns a uh, a Polaris uh, rental business, a slingshot. You talking about business. the slingshots? Yeah, those yeah. things are badass, so, man. Yeah, <laughs> did, I did a marketing consult for a, string, a slingshot rental business, and the very fucking next time I open my phone, right there on Facebook, slingshot ads. I'm like, what? Did you motherfuckers like i know you're listening like fuck god if they if they ever hear about oreos man they'll be advertising that i'll break my diet all right what's the last what in the fuck are you making me read where did you oh fox fox news okay no actually no this one comes from netblogpro.com because fox news won't allow me to use an ad blocker on their website so i just went to the people who pull news from other places but it's a fox news article. yeah it's a fox news article I'm going to let you read the headline, Kyle, and then I'm, I just, I can't. Bearded I can't Butcher, even. which is... Bearded uh, Butcher. Yeah, it's a a meat company. They they, they, they butcher cattle, and they, they ship their product across the United States and whatever. Okay. They attribute their cattle mutilation to, quote-unquote, extraterrestrial activity. Now, I'm going to just check the date on this, because... It was April 1st two weeks ago, but no, this is more recent than that. Yeah, this is April 15th. And these guys are being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. Think what you will about Mr. Tucker Carlson. I want to know what the fuck is going on with his hair. Like, he looks like he puts it in rollers like my grandma used to. Maybe he just has curly hair. Maybe so. I mean, I've got curly hair too. It's just not on my head, man. Fuck. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) All right. Scott Perkins of the Bearded Butchers says the prevailing theory behind the cattle mutilation is cattle some mutilation? sort of extraterrestrial hold activity. Hold on, hold on. They don't rest- the headline. Okay, further down it says Oregon cow mutilations. 
spark conspiracy theories. Who? Do, what? From what I can gather from this article, they, it doesn't at all talk about what's happening to these cattle. From okay, what so I can gather, let me scroll down and see what's happened to the the cattle. I'm gonna open the other other article so we can get a, fu- a fucking foundation for this discussion. I kind of. I just want to know what they're taking from these cows. <laughs> Because, like, if this is true, the prevailing theory seems to be that it's some sort of extraterrestrial activity, he told host Tucker Carlson. Just given the fact that there's a lack of evidence at the scene, because one of the things that we employ at our shop is heavy equipment. We've got hoists and things, because if you have a bull, it could weigh between 2,000 and 2,500 pounds. And even if you have an animal in the field and you want to just get it to the other side to remove part of it, it's difficult. I, I know, man. When, you when need you... leverage. How do you move a cow? When you've got when you've got to move anything over three hundred pounds, you you really got to use hoists, mm-hmm. and that, that that really does offend some of the girls I date. But you know, mm-hmm. oh man, what's this <laughs> what's this pulley for you, sweetheart? <laughs> All right, no, that was that, I just couldn't resist that that level yeah. of uh, that level of joke. But it says authorities in Oregon are working to determine how five purebred bulls. Valued at about six thousand dollars a piece, ended up dead. I didn't know bulls were, were more expensive than tigers. That's something I learned. How much are tigers? Well, according to the Tiger King man, you could buy them for about two grand each. That means we could spend twelve grand buy three tigers and one bull and see who won. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, but like, is that two grand for like a kitten, or is that two grand for a full-grown tiger? I wouldn't want a full-grown tiger, man. That would yeah, but like, if I'm going to put it up against a fight against a bull, I kind of want one that's not a child. That's true. All right. I want at least to make the fight fair. An early theory was that the mutilations were likely done by some sick cult, but lack of evidence has given way to new theories. Uh, okay, so hold on. According to that linked article... No, um, no, like, there's no evidence. Right? We don't know what it is. Um, What could it be? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's guys from space. Yeah, that's the best idea. Like, man, come on, man. Fuck. One caller. A lot of people lead towards aliens. Deputy Dan Jenkins, <laughs> the Harney County Sheriff's Office, told NPR. One caller had told us to look for basically a depression under the carcass. Because he re- said that the, the alien fuck? ships will kind of beam the kind cow, of beam the kind of beam kind the of cow beam up, and do whatever they are gonna do with it. Then just drop it from a great height. Are you fucking kidding? You would. It That's would just facts. Flat. That's just. Oh, here's Dude, a picture of the cow. If you drop a two thousand pound bull from fifty feet, right? It's just gonna fucking go splat. There'll be bull everywhere. That's ridiculous. This is like now. Scrolling a bit further down, you do get to see the photo of the cow. That's what a dead this, cow looks like. Yes, but notice there is no blood anywhere, and those cuts are very clean. It looks like like it's very surgically done. They were found dead with sex organs and tongues removed. Blood drained as well. This has been going on for, for years. I think it's some weird fucker. Or it's these guys looking for a bit of publicity from Tucker Carlson. Or that talent organ has officially lost their fucking minds. I don't know, man. Or it's aliens. Learning where to cut, to penetrate a carcass, to eviscerate it, or to look for a certain part takes months or years, said the butcher. Like, they're saying the people that are doing this are highly trained. 
I, so it's either some rogue butcher that's just on the hunt for bull penises. I, or it's I, aliens. I'm speechless. Why you give me look? I I am fully convinced that aliens exist. I'm I'm convinced there are far more intelligent forms of life out there than humans. Uh, they may even have evolved on this planet and then left. Um, there's evidence of structures on the moon. There's evidence of shit on Mars. Like something's going on that we don't know about. We know time repeats and history's cyclical and all that shit. But never once, right? Imagine if you had a fucking spaceship, Kyle. Just imagine. Imagining. Right. They'd have stripes, like and the you, racing stripes. Yeah, and big blue like thrusters, mm-hmm. and the and ability as it took off. You've got the ability, right, to transcend both space and time and go any point in history and anywhere in the universe. Why the fuck would you go to Oregon and cut a bull's dick off? And if they're just really into that in space. No, this is a shut up for <laughs> If I don't see aliens doing this because aliens are smart enough to breed their own cows and do their own shit. I, I don't Maybe see that's aliens why they doing it. it. Look, if I'm an alien, right, I'll just shapeshift into a human. I'll be like, hey, man, I need to buy this farm. I'll go buy a farm, put up a fence. Like, I'll just, but that's my alien farm. Yeah, and then just keep everybody out. Beam up the cattle. cows I want. Yeah. Like, if I've got the ability to, to cross the entire cosmos and come here, I'll just, I'll have the ability to buy a farm and breed my own cows. I think it's, I, I, it's not fucking aliens, man. You don't it's think not. it's aliens? No, I'm going for shut up, fool. I, I'm going for two thumbs firmly in the butt. This is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. See, I like to think the aliens are real, and they are just playing big jokes on us. <laughs> I, I think they're just some master trolls. And I, I, I'm, I honestly, like, aliens stealing cattle and dropping them from great heights, I'm all for it. That sounds right, enjoyable. Like, no, if it's cattle, why is it cattle? Why is it not, why they're not doing it to sheep? Why they're not doing it to pigs? And I'll be blunt, why they're not doing it to humans? Mm, they probably are. We just call them crazy. So why aren't we finding humans left in a field with no sex organs and no tongue? Like, I don't think this is aliens at all, mate. I think it's just somebody with, with a, a need to, to cut up cows and take souvenirs. <laughs> I, I, I might be wrong. You know, maybe, maybe if I went and interviewed the butchers myself... I don't know, but like the, the the let's get the aliens on the podcast, dude. The cow in the article is just a dead cow. I mean, it looks like a dead cow. It's just laying <laughs> on its side. It just looks like a dead cow. I don't know what you want a dead cow to look like. I mean, that's what dead cows look like. I mean, fuck, I don't know. It this one's missing its tongue. Yeah, but like people eat cows' tongues. Do they? Oh god, yeah, yeah. Like what? What? What is it? It's just meat. Well, so, yeah, no, 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 I know what like what the cow's tongue is made. I'm not like, what dish is it like? Tongue. Oh, like it's just they just a, call it cow tongue. Yeah, well, they just call it tongue. But yeah, um, like maybe not so much. Like you see, the thing about you Americans, man, is you'll eat all these things. You just don't know it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think? All right. So there's a very, very old saying in that the only part of the pig that they don't use is the squeak. Like, every part of the animals get consumed. Like, I mean, what, good. what do you think's in McDonald's chicken nuggets? I assume partly chicken. Partly chicken. And, and iron rest. shavings. Right. What's, what's in a McDonald's hamburger? Hopefully 100% beef. And yet McDonald's are the biggest fucking buyer of mealworms in the, in the country. Wow. You're lying. 
Go look it up, man. Maybe it's to feed their chickens. Maybe. Because that's what chickens eat. Um, It's to feed their chickens. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) They're buying all the mealworms to feed the chickens. Maybe it's soil and green, man. Who knows? Who knows? um, Cow cow tongue is is, is considered a delicacy in many many cultures. And um, my mom used to buy them whole from the butcher. And then you would circle them up, put them in a pan. And then she would have a pan lid that was smaller than the pan. So it would fit inside the pan. And then she would put bricks onto the pan lid to Mm -hmm. swish it down. And then she would press it, and you would press the tongue for several days and boil it in the press. And then, like, the shit would cool and it would congeal. And so you'd have a little bit of tongue, a little bit of fat and stuff, and then pull it out and you slice it like that in slices. Um, so my mom would cook it like when we were kids. But, like, even Sounds still. like some British food that I'm not. Yeah, you can, go into a, you can go into a butcher shop or a deli and get sliced tongue. Like, you go to the equivalent of HEB. At the deli counter, you know, you get sliced turkey, sliced ham, sliced tongue. Like, <laughs> it's normal. So, I, I don't know, man, but cattle mutilation, I'm, I'm out on that shit. I don't <laughs> think it's aliens. I think the aliens have way better things to do, you know, like run the country. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got to get to work. We got to get to work. Yeah, You're fucking, like, just keep tuning in, keep listening. It's a good uh, time. We we have fun with this. This is probably, you know, we record these on Monday mornings. It's probably the most fun part of my work week. It's uh, definitely a good way to start the week. Yeah, it is. Um, so it starts off a pretty meh day with a middle after, and that's fun. This is going to air on 420. So if you listen to this on 420, you'll have a wonderful, wonderful day, a wonderful afternoon. Call an Uber. Yeah, call an Uber. Or just download GoPuff if you haven't already. I don't know what that is. GoPuff is like Uber Eats, but for junk food. Oh. Yeah, so you can order like legitimately a bottle of Coke, and you can get a bag of chips, and And you can get your Cheetos and some Oreos. Yeah. Dude, I've been on this fucking, I've been on this uh, meal plan. And I'm cooking all my food, and everything's fresh. And I want to say you're eating a lot more like meat, like meat. it's a high carnivore diet. Uh, it's meat and vegetables. Okay, like that, that's essentially the essence of it. But it, it's measured, so I know my caloric intake. But essentially, meat, eggs, and vegetables. Um, and yeah, I don't. So like, I do miss Cheetos, but it makes it. <laughs> Wait, so Cheetos aren't a meat, an egg, or a vegetable? I, I, I think they could classify as an egg if if you like bend the rules a little bit. But no. Um, <laughs> I don't actually know what Cheetos are. I don't want to fuck that it's made off. It's puffed corn, isn't it? What part of the corn? Who puffs it? The cornmeal. And I, then they, you know, you fry it and I, it I have puffs no idea. Out. No, that's, you just say, you know. I don't know how the fuck that's made. Cheetos, man, they just come in a packet. Like peaches come in a can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the show. Um, y'all be good. Stay safe. Enjoy 420. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you uh, for another Sam and Kyle. See what's up uh, same time next week. Say goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. 
Check them out at TXFoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in.